Motivation and inspiration are powerful tools that change and influence perspectives, voices, and projects that shape the world. With all the negativity in the world, it can be hard to find those rare and beautiful stories that tell of inspired spiritual activism and individual healing journeys. Walk the path with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, on the show Heart, Change, Consciousness, where we inspire listeners to take action towards a more just world. We'll hear from authors, change makers, influencers, activists, poets, filmmakers, and cultural workers who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Heart Change Consciousness allows us to understand the world from different perspectives and highlights what is possible when we are fearless and open ourselves to our soul purpose and engage each other across boundaries. So let's self-heal and open the path to self-sovereignty. Heart Change Consciousness begins now. Hey, everybody. I, I have to tell you, I'm Dr. Pat, and I am honored and thrilled to introduce you to an amazing woman. Um, Heart Change Consciousness is with Dr. Trish DeRocher. This is about inspired activism as a spiritual path. This is the first of many shows she will do. Now, what does it mean to be in that space? Um, and I wanna tell you a little bit about who she is, but I also wanna go back a little bit in time if you all remember, you were part of our first introduction to this idea of whether you call it spiritual activism, whether you call it sacred activism. We did a series for open, in-person, really just was a phenomenon. And when you think about what this means to motivate and inspire and to look at those as powerful tools, that create change, that influence perspectives and voices and projects that shape the world, you think of Dr. Trish DeRocher. And you think about her because when people get touched on a shoulder and you see all the negativity in the world, how is it that some folks see this and see it as a call to action as inspired spiritual activism and healing. How is it today? Not only are you going to hear from Dr. Trish, you're going to hear about her journey to become a beautiful instructor in so many ways, an alignment coach, inner alignment, a biofield tuner, a Reiki two practitioner, a social justice advocate, an author, per, former professor, and owner of Transformative Consciousness Coaching and Consulting. But what is it about one's life journey that causes us to look at the long and winding road and say yes? What is it? Today, she's going to share with us what it means to break the heart wide open and what it means to use grief as a means of collective healing. Dr. Trish, it's great to have you. It's great to be here, Dr. Pat. <laughs> 
Yeah, congratulations on the launch of your show. I mean, this is really exciting from a lot of different perspectives. I want to start out with a question that I ask pretty much almost everybody. And I just gave people, let's just call it a brief sort of summary of a little bit of your passion, your purpose, and your life's journey. But underneath this, there's a story. And I would love to know for you, what are the challenges? What are the obstacles? What are the inspirations that you've gone through to bring you to this very moment? Yeah. Um, I think about that question a lot, almost every day uh, from different perspectives. And every day it, it feels a little bit different. Um, <clears throat> Just in the past few years, I feel like my life has kind of been coming full circle after a lot of lessons um, that I didn't quite understand uh, as they were happening to me. But I think um, my father passed when I was 22, 23, um, and that was really what politicized me for the first time um, and really got me paying attention. Um, so my experience, uh, as my father was passing, um, he was a business manager at a small rural school in upstate New York. Um, and as he, he had cancer and as he was in the hospital, um, there was actually, um, they were trying to get him fired so that they wouldn't have to pay his health insurance. Um, and that was really hard to witness as a as a 22 year old and at the same time i also understood how privileged we were to have health insurance in the first place um and so it it really asked me to pan out and think about the the bigger picture um around that time i was also in grad school um i was studying literature and gender studies and i read this book, um, Precarious Life by Judith Butler on um, grief as a means of social change and collective healing. And it came to me when I was totally raw and shattered. Uh, <laughs> and it was, I was the perfect audience and recipient for um, that book. And in particular, um, it's an article called Violence Morning Politics. Uh, and in that piece, she's really talking about how grief can be a gift when we allow it to kind of work on us um, and soften us. And it's really this way in which we can see how we're all interconnected and how truly interdependent we are. So I read that, that piece and at the same time, I was uh, living just a couple of doors down from a community center uh, and I ended up working there. I was feeling called to just um, kind of wake up politically to, uh, yeah, take some action, even though I didn't really know what that meant. I was learning in real time. Um, and I worked at an after-school program for refugee and immigrant families. Um, and, you know, of course, how it happened was that the kids taught me every day. It was not, <laughs> it was not me, in fact, you know, doing anything but holding space. And I was just so humbled um, and honored to share that space with them, including just their laughter every day. Um, when the truth was that that so many of them had had seen firsthand genocide and and mass graves and their families were just, you know, on multiple continents. Um, and so even I as I was 
suffering from my father's loss, right? Um, I was also kind of panning out and thinking how, how can joy and grief kind of coexist? Um, so that's really what started me on my journey um, in my early 20s. Um, and then I ended up going into my doctorate program and moving into studying transnational feminist theory, um, really black feminist thought, uh, Chicana feminist thought were really instrumental for me coming to consciousness and starting to kind of put the pieces together between the microcosm of the, of the personal and the macrocosm of the social contract. And, you know, this is what I love about this. Once upon a time, I, I visited a castle in, up, well, in New York, upstate New York. And this castle was known for its beautiful tapestry. And I was looking at the tapestry and I was listening to what people were saying about it. And it's exactly like you described. What you described is this beautiful tapestry you know, each of the different parts of the weaving interconnected to the other. And, you know, when you're creating a tapestry and you're in the moment, right, Dr. Trish? And if you've seen people do it, you know, at some point, the tapestry starts to take form. And what you just described is how a incident in your life started to weave a beautiful tapestry that's bringing you to the passion and the purpose of where you are today. How have you changed as a result of this? How would you describe your personal journey and shift and that moment or those moments of grief that turn into this enormous transformative energy? Yeah, I, I think that it's really, um, <laughs> it's really taken a number of years. So uh, up until three years ago, I didn't really even talk about my father's death. I hadn't um, really processed it. Um, but I think I've softened um, and I've also deepened my commitments. I've gained a lot more clarity um, and I've been incredibly humbled. Like it, it uh, I feel like I have lived multiple lives at this point um, and that my heart continues to break open and open a little, a little more every day. We're talking today about something that many people have a sense of, right? Many people look at this realization of your own personal grief this opening to understanding. And then, you know, something similar that you and I have in common is as we went through those, that, those periods of time, there were these individual spots slash dots slash things that were being laid out. But at some point, there becomes a realization. And that realization becomes both the macro and the micro. I want to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to help ourselves and you understand the power of what happens during times of grief. And many of you are going through this right now and what it means to connect the dots, what it means to choose to heal. Dr. Trish DeRosha joining me here today, heart change, consciousness, inspired activism as a spiritual path. You're going to hear a lot about this. The other thing I want to say to all of you out there, if you've got a question, 
uh, please feel free to give us a call at 1-800-930-2819. When we come back, what happens when you connect the dots? What happens if you connect one dot to the other in not so the correct order? We'll be right back. Break your snooze button habits for good with the Soul Stretching Sisters on the I Am Power Hour with me, Terry J. Walker. And me, Dr. Pat, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Pump up your spiritual muscle as we share stories. Aspire higher. And live a whole lot larger. To help you unleash your powered up. Pumped up. I am soul stretching success. Anything can happen when we take to the airways. And all things become possible during the I Am Power Hour. Are you truly ready to experience overflow in every area of your life? Are you ready to go from limited to limitless? Imagine starting your week off with a deeper connection to the God consciousness. It's time for you to feel inspired, uplifted, and shifted. I invite you to join me, Tracy L, online or in person for our Soul Sundays. Start your week off feeling empowered and ready to serve and expand the miracles waiting for you. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Is your mind running the show with thoughts bouncing around your cranium like a jet-propelled ping-pong ball? You can't focus or relax. Quieting your mind is key to having a sense of inner peace and to being able to access your inner wisdom. So how can you quiet that racing mind? Just breathe. Sit with eyes closed and breathe in slowly, filling your lungs to capacity. Then gently and fully exhale. Repeat 10 or more times. I assure you at the end of this exercise, your mind will have slowed and your body relaxed. You'll be better able to access your inner wisdom, guiding your personal evolution to becoming your highest and best self. I'm Carrie Kadombi, and I'd love for you to join me on Transformation Talk Radio for my show, A Spirited Exchange. For more information about me, visit my website, thedivineguidancegift.com. Divine Transmissions Radio with host Lisa Marie. Tune in every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com, where Lisa Marie, Shakti Ma, helps you to reach deeper levels of the self and create a powerful space of healing, learning, and transcendence. Divine Transmissions Radio. For more information, visit ShaktiMa.net. That's S-H-A-K-T-I-M-A.net. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have you. I get to do this fabulous show uh, because this is Dr. Trish DeRocher's show. It is called Heart Change Consciousness. I get to walk this journey with her. Really honored to be able to do that. Um, I wanted to say when we're talking about this, this is about inspired activism as a spiritual path. And for me, in working with her, I was reminded of going back uh, Benny, you remember this. Remember when we did spiritual activism and social activism with, you know, some of the conferences we did? Mm -hmm. um, it was it 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 
working with Dr. Shush reminds me that there is a call to action that is sometimes difficult to explain. But she has done a beautiful job of crafting out her life's path in order to change the world. Um, and we're going to be talking about what that looks like. But I, I want to make sure all of you know how to find out more about her, how to work with her, how to get involved, how to get engaged, you know, how to work with somebody that understands grief is a point in time. And what you do with it is the next step of your own personal evolution. Um, Dr. Trish, how do people find out more about you, about your work, all of the above, so to speak? Yeah, absolutely. My website is transformativeconsciousness.com. Um, and my business is transformative consciousness coaching and consulting. So um, during this COVID time, my my services are all online. Um, and I, I offer biofield tuning. So I work with tuning forks to comb out um, stuck energy in, in the field, the biofield around the body. Um, I, I do Reiki. Um, I, I'm an interalignment coach, so I do coaching individually and in group sessions. Um, <clears throat> so all of my services and a little bit more about me and how I come to this work, um, my book, it, they're all on my website. And again, that's transformativeconsciousness.com. And my email is transformativeconsciousness at gmail.com. Wow. Thank you. And by the way, you're going to hear a lot more from Dr. Trish. Look, I uh, grew up on the East Coast. And one of the things we had back East were things called the diner. So this is a place that you would find on some highway like Route 22 or something like that. And usually local in a town and you would go in. And then on the table, there would always be these diagrams, we had to connect the dots or the numbers, or you had to connect something. And, you, you know, it was fascinating to watch that process. Usually at some point you're connecting the dots. You're not really looking at what the image is, but before you know it, there's something that manifests, something in front of you, something you can wrap your mind around. For you, as you realize what grief is and how it connects us all, what happened? What was it about this journey for you, the connecting of the dots, that literally was part of the breaking the heart wide open process. I think um, exactly what you just said is what did it is realizing that grief is this connecting factor between all of us, right? That um, we we have so many differences on on micro and macro scales, and yet grief, um, even though the forms and the scale may differ, is something that that everybody experiences in their lives. Um, and that was really humbling to me. Um, and I started putting together just the, the pieces between individual grief and collective grief. Um, and I'm, I've noticed uh, being an academic, it's helpful as you're writing papers and you're researching, you're really kind of researching yourself and what you need and finding the tools. And so all of my work was really focused on this, um, this tension and interconnection between the individual and the collective. Um, and so I started, it was for the first time that I realized that politics was actually personal. Politics wasn't just like something out like in the world, right? Like, you know, capital P and, and partisan politics, like 
politics are our daily lives, right? Like what do our lives look like? Um, what, what is our social landscape? What are our resources? Um, so part of connecting the dots for me was recognizing that personal grief is just a different expression of the grief that's experienced by systemic oppression. Um, and, and honestly, part of the process was for me kind of um, grieving coming to terms with the fact that I had been lied to for most of my life. I grew up in a lower middle-class white family, Irish Catholic. Um, I was kind of brought up in pull yourself up by your own bootstraps ideology. And as I began to really read these texts and just listen to BIPOC voices or, or voices of black indigenous people of color, um, I was just learning more and more about how little I knew, right? And grief can be um, experienced historically. It can be experienced intergenerationally. Um, and it just kind of flows in all of these different directions. So um, in, in my teaching and in my research, um, I started teaching less fiction and I started working with more first person accounts and more first person stories because I realized that the complexity of people's lives, you can't, you can't make it up. Um, and that there's a lot of power in telling our stories and not polishing the stories or not hiding the parts that, right. that we consider to be shameful or we're afraid of like, what if someone else saw or knew or thinking that we must be the only one. Um, and as part of that, I started studying testimonio, which is a Latin American form of autobiography. It's really Marxist autobiography. And instead of thinking about the self-made person, it's thinking about how the social and political landscape kind of creates the subject. So kind of, or, or what we call the I slot. So not just like how, uh, who we are in our hearts, but what opportunities are afforded to us based upon where we're born, when we're born, what family we're born into, and, and all um, of those uh, social positions that kind of map on it. Um, and then connected to that, I was reading a lot on trauma theory and really so much on the importance of just being witnessed and hearing our stories be received just as they are. One of the beautiful things about Testimonio is that it's all about the ordinary. So it's it's taking a grafting um, of collective stories from uh, kind of highlighting a particular social issue and kind of consolidating or grafting them into one eye slot. So it's really working with um, this interplay between the individual and the collective. <clears throat> to really kind of call attention to this issue that, that needs attention. Um, and I started just thinking, what was my ethical role and responsibility right. in hearing these stories of yep. grief, right? Yep. And, and grief at the global scale. Um, and so that's really where I ended up studying. Um, that's really what I ended up going into. Uh, I just read as many testimonials as I could. Um, and was always kind of asking, what's my responsibility in this? What do I do with this information? And of course, the, the texts were constantly teaching me, teaching me more about my subject position, how I came into the world, and asking me to remove some of the blinders that I had been groomed within. Yeah, let me talk about this with you for a minute, because 
this is really the interesting part of this, right? That I want to just run by you if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about a situation that millions of people are going through right now mm -hmm. that I think you and I did go through. Um, one is one of the least talked about and most devastating things, second to death, maybe tied with divorce, job loss, mm -hmm. job loss. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you call it. Back in the day, before we called it downsizing, there was a whole a lot of like, what's the word I want to use without using a cuss word? Um, there was a whole lot of phony baloney language. Oh, we're going to lay you off. Like if you go back to the repeal of the psychological contract, what was it, 91, 92? And thank you, Exxon, for being the first to do that. The language has changed. The rules have changed. The emotional impact, the devastation, I don't care what generation you're talking about, right? A lot was made about my generation being the first to be like in your 40s and 50s, 20 years, 24 years of service right before pension, right? Right? Just like you talked about with your dad, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we're going to lay you off, but we're going to make it better because we're going to give you like this, this thing. So how does an impact like that for you and like that for me, what does that do to put us in a trajectory, a pathway that we cannot refuse? Now, what do I mean by that? I know, and you know, when we talk about spiritual activism or inspired activism, of course, there's a choice. But sometimes the universe, whatever you want to call it, gives us a deck, a hand in a deck of cards and says, you are to play this. So you and I go off, and this is what's not being done so much today except for the work that you're doing and others like you. And we decide people have stories to tell. And we go on a path and we go back to school. And to be honest with you, I am not an academic. Honestly, I filled out 30 applications for a doctoral program, all wrong. I happened to fill out one right. I was put on a waiting list and I got into school not because of my GRE scores, because I was meant to. Mm -hmm. When we come back from break, I want to talk about this. Because why would the two of us somehow, even though we might be in different directions with our lives, why would the universe give us these incidents of studying either grief, in my case, trauma, job loss, and why would we be the collectors of the stories? Why is it that we go on a path like this? What is the journey like? And Dr. Trish, for you, your story is so compelling. How do we help others today bring forward their voice in the world and acknowledge, I don't care what walk of life you're coming from right now. I don't care if you are a, a woman raising three kids in Georgia or you are a top speaker somewhere in California, everybody counts. When we come back, Dr. Trish is gonna take us on a journey. How does 
or how do these things we go through compel us to witness other people's stories? And maybe we'll even share what people shared about their grief journey and about how it turns in to this amazing positive activism that will change the world. That's what Dr. Trish DeRocha does. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered what your pets think about? Do you know what your pets are saying to you? Dr. Monica will be your pet's translator to help you understand what your pets are trying to communicate to you. Enhance the bond with your furry friends on Pets Talk with Pet Communicator, Dr. Monica, each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Dr. Monica, visit PetCommunicator.com. Message delivery by Lisa Ann. You can't make this stuff up. Tune in every first and third Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Message delivery is an inspirational show about the journey to enlightenment and spirituality. For more information or your own personal message delivery, visit angelmessages2u.com. That's angelmessages, the number two, the letter u.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on transformationtalkradio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit burnbrighttoday.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Raising the vibrations through stimulating conversations while exploring the mysteries of Atlantis and Lemuria on Tales from the Mer World Radio with me, Amirabeth. Join us every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Be ready to feel empowered and an active part of the changing earth. For more information about me, visit Amirabeth.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Welcome back, everybody. I know I'm smiling. Uh, yeah, next week I'll talk to you about the fish and the, gold, the, fish and the lobster. Uh, but today, this is for me. I want to just tell you, I get to work with the hosts on our network. Most of you know me as Dr. Pat and the Dr. Pat Show. But, you know, there's this other side of what we do, which is launching the Transformation Network, Transformation Talk Radio, and the show's over there. And, and I get the honor of working with our hosts. Um, I've worked with Dr. Trish DeRocher now for a number of weeks. And I have to tell you, when you work with people that are this inspiring, 
this committed to change, this brilliant in a perspective that is so perfect for our time. What happens is you get inspired to action. And I hope today for those of you listening, whether you're listening from here or our, our friends over in Australia that will be getting this, all of you, this is for everyone. Even though we might be talking about things that may sound like our academic journey, both of us come from a place where the pain in our hearts touched us in a way that we had to create a call to action. And you're gonna hear lots about this. But part of that journey is in looking at those things and realizing, realizing that there's a healing that needs to go off. And if we ain't gonna take care of that healing within us, whoa, the trash doesn't get taken out. <laughs> Before we talk about that, I had did a whole show on the trash yesterday. That's why mm -hmm. that's up for me. I want, how do people find out about you? Because there are so many things you're doing and writing about and making us aware of. I wanna make sure people are plugged into this with you please let us know how they can do that one more time, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, my, my website is transformativeconsciousness.com. It's transformativeconsciousness.com. Um, and on there too, I also do, I have a consulting practice. And so I work uh, specifically with institutional whiteness, but also programming around meditation, mindfulness. Um, I also have the transformative consciousness curriculum, which is really connecting. Uh, it's it's really um, a racial healing model and, and connecting um, the personal uh, to, to the collective social pact and, and thinking about how do we heal ourselves to, to heal the world, really. I hope we do a show about that moving forward. Absolutely. I hope we do a show about that. So here's the deal. This is what I want to talk about next. When I went through the experience of job loss, it was more than job loss for me. And I shared this the other day, and I think I've talked to you about this. I really do believe an alien took over my body because I woke up one day and nothing seemed right anymore. And I remember walking out of my 4,000 square foot house at about 4.7 acres, getting ready to get into my really fast sports car, getting ready to go to my big executive job. And on the way out, as I always did, I looked in the mirror just to make sure, I mean, come on, do you have any food on your face? What, right? And I looked in the mirror and I became unrecognizable to myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, I don't know how, but what you teach people, you describe it. You talk about it. My life was different. I became the rebel that I was when I was a youngster. I refused to do things that were not just, but I didn't understand what I was going through was going to be a call to choose to heal. And the journey that I went on from 1991 to 2001, going back to school, studying the, the consequences of broken promises, interviewing hundreds of people, documenting everything they've said, I didn't understand the power 
of witnessing and healing until that point in time in my life. I was older than you at the time. I still can't describe it, but you can. I would love to hear you talk about this journey because Dr. Trish, this is where we are. There is a hurting going on mm -hmm. and there needs to be a healing. Mm -hmm. But the framework that you've, you've created for this allows people to join wherever they are. Can you talk about the realization and talk about what it means to choose to heal? Yeah, absolutely. And even just connecting to what you said before about job loss, my father lost his job maybe four times when we were growing up. My mom was raising us on a Head Start salary. And so, um, you know, those were those were things that I were very close from a very early age. Um, and even thinking about how the pieces come together, uh, I was still grieving. I started my doctoral program um, two years after my father passed. Um, and I was on a streak where nothing was going right. So uh, I, I bought a house with my former partner and uh, a couple months later, the, the stock market collapsed. We lost the house to bankruptcy or foreclosure. We went into bankruptcy. Um, it was it was a mess. <laughs> um, but I was really um, talking about universe opening up. Universe allowed me to I, I didn't pay for my master's or my doctoral program. And that's in part how I knew that it was the path because I wouldn't have been able to do that otherwise. Um, but as I was moving through the program, it was also uh, my first semester of my doctorate. It was when I became pregnant with my daughter. Um, I just felt really like I was kind of, I was just dead on the inside and I was very, very numb. And I knew I had to get these tools, um, but I was also very much out of alignment. Um, and what I started to realize in, in 2011, 2012, as I was finishing my doctoral program, um, <laughs> that I just didn't have joy anymore. I didn't have access to joy. And I realized that I had kind of come to an intellectual and political understanding of grief, but I hadn't actually done my own grieving yet. Um, and so that was right on time because it was about seven years after my father passed. So um, it, it was time to go a little bit deeper. So in 2012 is when I just started asking myself, you know, what did I used to do when I felt balanced, right? When I felt like myself. And um, for me, it started just taking a yoga class. I had, I used to take yoga and then I, I got so far into thinking about cultural appropriation that I was like, I'm just not going to do it. Uh, and when I felt so out of balance, I was like, okay, well, you have a decision. You can do this ethically and you can think about how you're going to practice yoga and what this means in your life, or you can stay really out of balance. Um, so I, I ended up doing that. Um, and you know, since 2012, it's been a continued healing journey, but a, a few years ago, um, I had a major surgery and I, I had, um, we'll call a dark night of the soul, uh, and old, old trauma that I had never dealt with popped up in a really big way. And, um, I had to do a lot of fear chasing 
because what happened kind of put my career in jeopardy. And I had to ask myself, you know, who am I outside of this? Um, and it was a really, really hard time. Um, but what I realized was that, you know, we have what happens to us in our life. We have what's dealt to us. And then we have the choice of how we respond to it. Um, and I just decided it was time to do the shadow work. It was time to go really deep um, that I, I had to look at all of those old wounds and that grief that I had kind of intellectualized and disembodied to really start that process. And, and that is really, you know, really part of the reason for this introductory show is we blew by and this is my opinion, we blew by 2007, 8, 9, and 10. Now, for us, we happen to be given the gift out of the blue to start a network, to expand and grow in the middle of what some people thought was an economic crisis we would never come back from. And I, I, I often feel the energy of that time, right? For me personally, I was at my worst physically. Mm -hmm. I knew I would heal, but I didn't realize what you're talking about back then. The healing wasn't just about my physical body. The healing was about everything we're talking about, whether it be the loss of a loved one, partnership changes, things we did wrong to other people, job loss, family loss. This stuff stays inside of us. You and I happen to choose a pathway to heal that's about coming out, talking about it, and witnessing other people. How has that part of your journey in what we're talking about today, how has that continued to guide you to the future, help you heal, but also learn how to help other people heal? Um, no, that's a question I didn't tell you I was going to ask you, but it just came <laughs> up for me. Sorry. Yeah, it's um, uh, that's where I am right now. Uh, just a year ago, I decided to walk away from my career. Um, I walked away from job security in the middle of COVID, which was a very different decision. Um, but really, I've gotten to this place where I understand that inner healing flows outer. Um, and that if we really want to change the world or to usher in this world that we want to be living in, we really have to start with ourselves. Um, so the, the past three years in particular have just guided me into this place. Um, I feel like once you have acquired the tools and you're kind of at your lowest and, and totally brought to your knees um, and you have the gift of healing, of course you wanna share that with other people because you realize you don't have to suffer the way that you've been suffering and other people don't have to suffer the way that they're suffering. Um, and so that's really what's motivated me to do this work. Um, and it's really, yeah, it, it's just humbled me. I, you know, the, the language of ego death, I had an ego death in 2017. Um, I had to look at parts of myself I didn't wanna look at uh, and, it's, um, it's softened me tremendously because I don't really have time for judgment anymore, yeah. right? I mean, 
um, even in activism, activism can be so much in, in ego and kind of judging other people for how they're showing up. Um, and I think kind of when you begin the healing process, it's so messy and it's a spiral, right? It's continuous. So it kind of like happens in layers. You recognize that you can't judge anybody else. You're not walking anybody's path. Um, and, and all of us have played all the roles, right? Like we played all the roles. Um, and so even though in, in 2016, I probably wouldn't say that I'm thankful for my life collapsing and falling apart. Um, here in, in 2020, I really am because now I have the gift of holding space for other people who are trying to trust themselves enough to take themselves apart and start their deep healing work so they can start putting themselves back together in a way that really feels aligned with their heart. Right. And, you know, I, I always like to say that that grief is the flip side of deep, deep love. And as much as we can have grief for the world, right, if the world is also a mirror, then there's also all of that internal grief and the ways that we're internally suffering and coming back to self-love and a space of love in ourselves and for each other. Um, that that's really that's really the work. And, you know, I'm so glad you talked about that in that way, because one of the things that this is going to be an ongoing conversation about, and this is the part of grief that I don't think it's talked about enough. And it's the part where, just like you described earlier, this aspect of grief and what people are going through now and the witnessing of it, all of the above, right, leads to some level of action. Now, maybe... For a moment, just like I went through, you become immobilized, you can't get off the couch. But something starts to build on the inside. And I wanted to ask you, that building on the inside as an individual, doesn't that also tap in to a collective healing? And, and, and I, I know we don't talk about this enough in some circles, but there is a level of toxicity that gets noticed and even that toxicity doesn't that too doesn't that too have the ability to heal and transform and i say toxicity because honestly yeah. that's what it has felt like for me yeah absolutely right i mean if we don't deal with our traumas our traumas deal with us and i i always like to to tell my clients that emotions, right? Emotions aren't good or bad, right? They're, we can have big emotions, um, but it's really telling us where we have some healing to do. Uh, so yeah, uh, we've all been toxic, right? We all have those toxic pieces of ourselves. Nobody kind of gets, gets out of life being, you know, all, all shiny without those pieces. It's more just what do we do with that when we see it in ourselves, right? And do we decide that we're just going to look away and pretend it's not there? Do we decide to hold ourselves accountable? And, and that's really how I see the, the collective social yeah. contract too, right? That, yeah. you know, activism, the protest, the anger, the grief, the rage, right? This is all asking everybody to be accountable, right, for how we're showing up and to purge this toxicity from our hearts, from the nation, from the world. Absolutely. So I do think that toxicity can can be a tool when we allow it to be. Um, 
but I think that that to do that, we really have to kind of drop out of ego mind and come into our hearts and be brave enough, right? Like the, the spiritual path is not, it's not for the faint of heart. Like it means being really real with ourselves of, of how we're showing up, um, holding ourselves accountable, holding each other accountable. You know, I, I think um, call out culture gets a bad rap. And, and I think that that there's that nice reframing of calling in, yeah. but pointing out each other's toxicity from a place of love and from the heart is also rooted yeah. in fierce, fierce love for, for encouraging each other to show up as our best selves, right. And to build the best future we can. Yeah. So look, one of the things that I want to get back to is what you said about witnessing and witnessing other stories. Um, when I, when I decided to go back to school just like you and we entered the research realm, one of the things I kicked and screamed and objected to was when my mentor and advisor, Dr. Cherry Grandrose said to me, look, this is a big topic. It's never been studied before. You're gonna have to do quantitative and qualitative research. So what does that mean? You're gonna have to do numbers and statistics and you're gonna have to interview people and gather their information. The journey I went on to do that changed me forever. These are folks that were carrying exactly what you're talking about for a decade. But one of the interesting things that came up in something that I didn't count on was social justice and integrity. And I found that integrity had never been studied. Mm. And what you're talking about and toxicity, it boils down to real people real promises, real promises broken, real disappointment, and then how to heal it. I want to ask you about this, but I want to just share something. In talking to a woman whose company was going bankrupt, a big company we all know, she said this, we don't cut corners, we don't sell seconds, we don't advertise fraudulently. We're going to do everything above board in compliance with rules and regulations. We'll treat each other with respect and high regard. And every interaction should be of that nature. Everything and everyone will be treated in the same way. We address issues immediately and truthfully and honestly. Make sure everything is clearly communicated and clearly demonstrated. Wow. Isn't that what we're longing for today, Dr. Dr. Trish? Absolutely. Right. And uh, for me, integrity is is when you are at peace, right, with how you're showing up in life, where you're not afraid of a mask falling off. You're not um, showing up in the world for accolades, <laughs> right, or that kind of um, that that people pleasing or that that external validation. You're just showing up the way you are because it's the right thing to do. And because you're so in love with life and you're so in your heart um, that you you just, you want everybody to experience that. Um, I, I really think that it is our personal responsibility to heal ourselves and to show up to life, you know, um, 
in the world how we want to see the world, right? I I used to be so stuck, um, kind of you know thinking about my privilege and what do I do? And I think you know a lot of my my students, both my college students and and my current clients, like, well, what do we do with all of this, right? And my answer is always like, well heal, right? If you aren't healing yourself, if you're not right with yourself, right? What, how are you going to show up? Because that energy is going to be attached to whatever action in the world. But one of the biggest gifts for me was my grad advisor, my doctoral program. Um, I was, I was just kind of like stuck and I don't, I don't know what to do or what to say or what the right thing is. And she just lovingly said, you know, get over your navel gazing. There's a lot of work to do in the world. And I used to have so much fear about using my voice or using my power and stepping into my gifts, thinking that that was going to be a misuse of power. And then I had to realize that not using these gifts, right, that we have been given Mm -hmm. is also a misuse of power. So um, in terms of kind of bringing in the world that we want to see, I, I really encourage people, my clients especially, to, to focus in on what's your sphere of influence? What are your gifts? What's broken you open, right? And that can be a guide to, to help show you what your action, your sole purpose is, um, is in the world. This is the first of many shows we're going to do. And this is for me a taste of what you're bringing into the world to help all of us heal. I want to thank you for it. Um, And also, I want to ask you, please share how people can find out more about you. And then what's your closing message, Dr. Trish? Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for being with us today. Again, my website is transformativeconsciousness.com, transformativeconsciousness.com. Um, I I think really just recognizing grief as an opportunity to break the heart, the heart wide open and to, to surrender to love, right? To universe, um, to surrender to a softer, more authentic way of being and, and just recognizing how, as we're doing work on ourselves, our individual healing is concurrent with societal healing and that inner work flows outer. And that's, that's just so important to, to be doing the inner work. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. And there's more to come. So I want folks to know, Dr. Trish, about that. This is the first of a series that you'll be doing. What would you like to leave us with and say about that? Yeah, I'm so excited about this series because really, um, Uh, It will be talking with cultural workers, activists, poets, change makers, filmmakers, um, both about their work, right? But also how they've come to this work. Thank you for tuning in to Heart Change Consciousness on TransformationTalkRadio.com with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher. Make sure to come back next time so we can continue to awaken your soul purpose. Look forward to more conversations with your favorite authors, changemakers, influencers, activists, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. For more information about me and transformative consciousness coaching, visit transformativeconsciousness.com. That's transformativeconsciousness.com. This was Heart Change Consciousness on TransformationTalkRadio.com.